Job 38 verse 1 says, after Job has, you know, I was complaining about God and stuff like that, and God said, then the Lord answered Job, out of the storm, he said, who is this man that darkens my counsel? Now I want to picture what I'm saying. Job was alone. He was going through his own testing time. And he began to complain to God. And he complained and complained. And his friends said, curse God and die. And he said, I will not. Because even if I'm slain, in my body shall I see God. He is God. But he began to ask, but God, why I? Why I? And when God will come, there was a wild wind. Terrible wild wind. That wind could carry everything out of the way. But Job, <laughs> everything planted or fruited, everything that is fixed and planted, were uprooted by the wind. But though Job was in the midst of it, he wasn't moved. And then God spoke out of the, of the, of the wild wind. He said, Job, who is this man who darkens my counsel? With, with words of his, of his, with words without knowledge. Praise yourself like a man. I will question you. And you shall answer me. Where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me, Job, if you understand who marked off its dimensions for me. Come on, tell me, Job. Surely you know it. And I want to hear from you now. And he said, who stretched a, a measuring line across it? Who is the, who is the surveyor who said the taper measured it? He said, where were you when I laid the foundations? Tell me who you understand it. Tell me, tell me, tell me. Verse 6 says, on, on what was its footings set? Where is the foundation? What is it standing upon? Or who laid the cornerstone? You know, the cornerstone in those days, when, when, we, when they built towers in those days in civil engineering, they have one stone, they build it on triangular, um, you know, platform. And they, there's one stone that we call the cornerstone. It's the biggest stone. They calculate all the load of that building upon the majority of it, about two-thirds of it, upon the cornerstone. All right? And then they now have two other pillars, but they are secondary pillars. We call the cornerstone primary pillars. If you hit any of the secondary pillars, the building is still standing. But if you hit the cornerstone, everything comes down. So, that is the reason why God was asking him, who is the one who laid the cornerstone? Show me where it is, Job. Do you know something? It says in verse 7, while the morning stars sang together, and all the angels shouted for joy, who shut off the sea behind us? When it burst forth from the womb, when I made the clouds its garments and wrapped it in thick darkness. Now, if you look at the statement of God, he reveals to us that the day that God said, let there be light, angels gathered and they began to sing praises unto God. The host of heaven, everybody, wow, what a planet. And they began to praise the name of the Lord. Listen to me. Anytime you have praise and worship, what happens? Angels mingle with your praise and worship Him. 
When you start to sing, when you are thinking what songs are we singing and all stuff like that, and you begin to sing, the moment you start to sing, you will see the works of angels. At the beginning of praise and worship, it is man. Alright? And then the angels begin to manipulate your mind. Okay? Because when you start praying most times and praise and worship most times, what you discover is that sometimes you don't really feel it. You are not really into it, isn't it? And then you are struggling and struggling and then suddenly, you know, you begin to flow and, and then after some time, the whole of your mind that is wandering will now be focused. Okay. It is the work of angels. Because for angels to ride in the cloud of worship, it has to come from the spirit of man. And the angels play a significant role in, 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 you know, sharing our soul, sharing our spirits. All right? So that our spirit can get engrossed in our praise. Because Jesus says that the time has come that the worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For such the Father seeketh. So they will help. You know, there was, a, there was a minister in the church where I grew up. One of the evangelists one day, he had a vision. And the choristers, when they were coming in, you know, what we do there. It's because we don't have a space here, we will have been doing that. Because I really want, I want that. But this is a fixed building. They didn't design this building as a church, so they didn't put vestry there. So, <laughs> it was a cinema. <laughs> so, what happened is that all of us choir, choristers, before service, we gather together with the ministers and pray. And after we have prayed, we start filing in one after the other to the seats which is on the altar. And the ministers have their own seats in the inner altar. Let me say something to you. Do you know that that system came from heaven? A procession. Now let me say this. So this man, no, it was a prophet. And this prophet was standing. And when the choir are going, coming, you know, in, in the church, and they start climbing up, an angel stood, let's say this is the stairs. The angel stood here, another angel stood over there. And as the choir passed the line, this angel removed their clothes and gave it to another one behind. The other angel put in a new cloth on them and they passed one after the other. Okay? And they go up. Look, let me say this to you. In my church, for blind to see, it's a normal service. That's how I grew. For lame to walk, it's a normal service. Alright? For a madman to be healed, it's just normal. If things like that don't happen, then it's abnormal service. It's not crucial that miracles happen, I'm telling you. And that's what this house is today. That's why this house is that. On the premise of that, I built this church. And when they were coming out... From the stage, the angel who put the clothes on there removed their clothes, which he brought, and the other angel put their old clothes, put it on them. So the prophet said, Why are you angels doing this? The angel said, A filthy man cannot be had from on high. A man of unclean lips cannot please he that lives forever and ever. And because these folks are singers, but not clean. They come into church. When they leave the church, they have their different ways they go. 
But yet, because they are serving the Lord, the angel had to change their clothes so that they can be fitting for purpose. So because not everybody who sings in church are born again. And not everybody who sings in church that are born again follow the path of righteousness. But when you go up to the altar, that's what happens. Angels. Angels. But those who are fit for purpose, they never thought their clothes. They walk through. And that day, that minister could pick those who are wayward among the singers. Let me help you understand something. When a man sings so beautifully, alright, is it because he's a righteous person? No. All these world musicians, you, you remember the song when they came and sang, they said, We are the world. We are. It looks good. It looks moving. But God is not in it. And yet it moves the soul of man. Do you know why? Because those of you who have the skill to sing, God gave it to you before he sent you to the world. Alright? It's not because you are born again, then God gave you the gift of singing. No, 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 no. Those of you who God created that you don't know how to sing, there's nothing we can do to you. You will not know how to sing. That is just a fact. Because God did not make you able to know how to sing. Because when they say, do re mi fa so, and they say you should say it. You say, do re mi fa so. That's what you say. For you, it is do, 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 re, mi, fa, so. Alright? And the choir, the keyboard will play again. Do, re, mi, fa, so. Say, so. You say, so. Because you are not built by God to sing. <laughs> Hallelujah. So that is the reason why you can see people who started in church choir and they become world singers. And they sing like angels. No, it's because God created man. He put gift into man before he sent man to the earth. Okay. When you get to the earth, you now decide whether you want to be saved or you don't want to be saved. I've shown you in the scriptures in the morning that salvation is a, a grace is contract. God offers and you accept. Then the contract is done. God never forced anyone to be born again. That's why you can lose salvation. The Bible says so. Anybody who says you cannot lose salvation, they have already lost it. You know, one day, let me give you this story. These angels who sing are fantastic. Incredibly fantastic. I want your mindset to change. One day I was in my bed in No Cross in London, Ludwig Mills, and an angel appeared to me. And as the angel stretched his hand towards me, I got out of my body. And the angel took me away to heaven. At this time, you know, for me, heaven is like going to um, to Dubai for holiday. Yeah? <laughs> After all, I don't need to pay for the ticket. Amen, somebody? <laughs> when you love someone so much and he loves you, wouldn't he take you to where he lives? Would he not take you to where he lives? Especially when you are so mindful and you are phoning him all the time and he's phoning you all the time. He wants to see you. Or you just say that, but I want to see you. Then that's it. That's it. You demand for it. He'll take you. Heaven is real. Man, you know what? <clears throat> the angel took me on that trip. And when we got to, the, to heaven, he took me to a place. It's so massive, endlessly massive. It's a plain field. And in this plain field, I saw human beings, 
And these human beings are of the same height. They are the same shape and size, but different faces. The one you call ugly on earth did not change in his physique, but in that appearance is so gorgeous and most beautiful you can think about. Alright? And these human beings were discussing with themselves because they were waiting for you know, an event. The fence that was there was like a wooden fence, short like this, about a meter tall or something like that. And when this angel got me there, and we passed through the fence, there's a little gate there that I was taken through, we went to an altar, a stage. And on this stage, at that time, I was asking, that was the time I was seeking to see the Lord Jesus, the first time that I would see Jesus Christ. I was praying day and night, asking, you know, I want to see you, Lord. What do you look like? Are you a white man, as they have been showing us on picture? Are you a black man? Are you an Arab? Who are you, by the way? I want to see you. And that was my inquiry for about, that time was about 22nd day of my inquiry. And I had this encounter. And so, on the stage was a man seated on a seat that appeared to me like a throne. And on the side of the man are angels. You see, this is something about angels. I believe, and I am convinced, that all angels have wings. But, when they walk, they can stretch their hands out, and they can roll around like this. You will see no wing, because there is no need for it. Except even the cherubs. I will talk to you about that during the week. When, I, when the Lord sent a cherub to me, the cherub had six wings. But when the cherub stood right before me, there was no wing in his body. So, which means that the way God created them, wings appear to them when they need it. When, they finish their, when the wing finishes work, it just vanishes. And they look like ordinary human beings. And so this angel, angels I saw, were just... You know, like, you know, you are having a worship and then there is a break and everybody was just chatting and stuff. And suddenly, as they brought me in, I went to the man who was sitting on the throne. And when the angel took me to the man, I was going to worship. And the angel stopped me because I thought it was Jesus I saw. Recognize at that time, I haven't seen him yet. And the angel said to me, do not worship him. He is Abraham, the father of faith. And then... Abraham said to me, we have been waiting for you. He says, come to the right hand side. And an angel came to me right there and took a trumpet and said to me, take, blow. And I said, I don't blow trumpet on earth. The angel looked at me. He said again, take, blow. And I recognized that angels don't argue. When they tell you something, it doesn't matter what you reply to them. They come back and repeat what they said last. They will only talk more with you if the Lord is speaking. Because angels bring the voice of God to man. And they only permit it to say what God has put in their lips. And when they finish, they finish with that, they will not say any other thing because there is nothing to say anymore. Okay? Some of you will encounter angels, some of you have. But when you begin to encounter angels, if you have this knowledge I'm giving you, 
you will not be offended by the fact that you ask a question and the angel didn't answer that question and he says something else. That is what God is saying to him. And so the angel said the third time, take blow. But what happens also that I found out is the third time the angel spoke, his word became a force that, it is, that is not, you know, repulsible. In another words, let me see. His instruction became an action, a compulsory, compelling action. And I just took the, 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 the trumpet and blew. You know, I said I do not blow trumpet on earth because I was conscious that I was in heaven, not on earth. And I still have my consciousness of my ability on earth and my disability on earth. And that is what is instructing my answer. But the angel was speaking from the prophetic end, which is the God's given ability, which I cannot access. And as I took the, my, the, the trumpet and I started blasting, everybody in the white robe, they had white handkerchief on one hand, they had palm leaves on the other hand, and they started waving to the Lord Almighty. And they began to sing forever, O Lord. Thy word is settled in heaven, it is settled. At this time, that song had not been sung on earth by mortal man. Their voices was like ripples of waves. I saw amazing things as all angels took their instrument, those who are blowing saxophone, those who are playing guitar, instrument that this world had never invented. But what astonished me most was one angel. Who was standing beside me. That angel had no instrument. But the angel sang. And when that angel sings. In his voice. I think God wanted me to just see that. That's why they brought me close to that angel. In his voice was treble, auto, tenor, bass voices. And several instruments were coming out of the voice of one angel. In harmony. Great symphony. I was almost stopping blowing my trumpet because of the, the, the awesomeness of this angel. I couldn't figure it out. On earth, you need several people to produce what this angel is probably, you know, a couple of hundreds or thousands of people. But out of the mouth of this angel only are coming all this symphony in harmony, all this, you know, accord music. Ah, me, sharper, minus. I, I was so stunned. And the worship continued from 12 midnight around to 6 a.m. Human clock. And the angel said, the one who brought me, it's time to go. And I said, go where? <laughs> he said, to the earth. I said, I'm not going. And he just said, son of man, you have to go. I said, did you hear what I said? I'm not going. And the angel tried to pick me, but he couldn't. I recognized along my life with the Lord, having been to heaven a couple of times, that when you are taken to heaven, you have equal power. There is no one more, more mighty, more powerful than the other. Alright? Except when the Lord gives. And I was struggling with the angel, and I remember that I twisted this, my right leg around the angel's leg that was trying to take me out. And I recognized that where the angel was trying to take me across, if I cross that line, I'll be in the world. And I would not want to touch that line. And suddenly I saw in the northern hemisphere of heaven, a beam of light struck like a door. And it opened 
And as it opened a little, a beam came out of that light and hit the body of the angel. And when he hit the body of the angel, the angel picked me up like a paper. Instantly, the power, power, power sharing changed. And he picked me up just like that. And I was wiggling my legs. No, 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 no. And he took me past. And I woke up shouting, no, 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 back to my body. Host of heaven, praise the Lord. This is the reason why when we are praising God, you know, many times when I'm controlling choir, if you can't catch what I'm trying, what I'm seeing in my spirit, you know, my reaction is strange. Because when I lead worship, I will never worship God with my lips. Impossible. It is a sin for me to come over there without preparing, to sing without knowing what you are singing, without understanding the consequence of what you are saying, without following your song and writing in the midst of the worship. Enough, my encounters will change my worship life. And I taught you, church, that when you worship God, speak the words out, it becomes a bed. You ride on the word into the heart of the Father. When you get there, you bask. You begin to see things. Worship is a powerful instrument that God has given to man to open the communication between man on earth and heaven. Unhindered, uninterrupted. Even when you are in your kitchen, you are singing to God, or you are in the bathroom shower, you are singing to God, or you are walking on the road, you are singing to God. If you can obey the scripture in your singing, all angels around you will will get to work. Angels, because they are they are principally worshippers. Okay, all of them, all angels, and all hosts, of course, they are worshippers. That is the reason why when somebody, when a son of man is worshipping, an angel is passing by, they start to worship with you. And they keep moving to their mission. And you can imagine a person who is always singing worship, singing praise unto God. You will soon see angels. Because it's not only the angels around you that you are making happy. All angels that are passing, they can sense from the spirit a man who worships God from the spirit. That's the reason why I always say to choir to and also well, those who are uh, 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 Christian singers, you see, when you come up to the altar, it is not skill first, it is spirit first. And unless the skill demonstrated in the spirit is useless, it's useless. And people can know when you are trying to show, perform, and they don't like it on the stage. They don't like it. You may look impressive to yourself, but they just, people hate it because when you sing, it's dry. It's dry. When a singer knows how to operate into the spirit, okay, that is where you will come with parts that are not written. You will come with melody that will, will cause the baby in the womb of a woman to, to begin to dance and live for joy. Because they can, they can relate with the spirit. That is when you can see flow of healing and the sick begin to get healed. People who have demons will begin to manifest demons because somebody has just dared to enter into the spirit and worshiping God just like the angels do. And angels love people like that. They reveal themselves to them. They do. They do. You know, we are talking about the roles of angels. My time is up. Tonight I'm going to stop at this. By the grace of God, tomorrow we'll go ahead 
And we look at just like the angels of destiny, how angels are involved in destiny. We look at the warrior angels, you will see how angels fight. We look at the guardian angels, angels that God has given to protect you, but they are different from the angels that God has sent to fight for you on your behalf. And this will be, when I go to on Friday, on Wednesday, you will have a better understanding because I will Because I will have by tomorrow. Okay? And once that is linked, when we go into spiritual warfare, and I begin to help you understand the realm of the spirits, how demons operate, and how you can hinder them from operation, beginning from your own jurisdiction, which is your body, your soul, and also then to your family, and then to your neighborhood, you will see how cheap it is. You know, at the end of this lecture, we help some Christians who believe in generational curses to come to the understanding that it does not exist for those who are born again. I know that a lot of people have been preaching about this stuff. It's a lie from the pit of hell. And therefore, it's in Christ Jesus. It's a what? All things are... All things are become... All this is from... God, who reconciled us to himself. Jesus said to the Jews in the book of John chapter 8, verse 30 and 31, he says to the Jews who have believed in him, Jesus said, if you continue, isn't it? If you continue in my word, you will know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. When he went further to explain to them, he said, if the Son therefore make you free, you are free absolutely. So where do you see generational curse in absolute is a lie from the pit of hell. There are many things that people do in this church, in the church of God and earth today that are not just relevant. Tonight is for angels. Listen to me. The Lord said to me, I should anoint you for sight. Do you know what? When I anoint you today, make sure you don't miss other days. If you came here today just to get anointing and go, I guarantee you. Because God doesn't deal with man like that. God deals with heart of man. He deals with heart of man. I have told you, and I think I said it in Lagos, isn't it, Pastor, that put that, if I lay hands on your head, okay, and anoint you, it is not the hand of any man under heaven that brings manifestation. It is deep collected to deep. If my hand come upon ten people, their spirit is not right. Nothing will happen. To them. The one that is spirit is right, who is a seeker of God, who has a curiosity to really know loaded. Loaded. Many people don't know this. I've seen people bring photograph to be anointed. You can't anoint photograph. It's a useless thing. Well, in the culture they came from, some ministers have told them that we can anoint photograph. with the mind and the receiver mind of the receiver. And when you receive an unction, it is an assignment to function. And every function of the spirit has regulations to be to, to obey. When Samuel was anointed, this transcendent power of God came upon Samuel, uh, uh, Saul, I'm talking about, okay, and his persona changed instantly. A timid man but with very impressive figure, 
completely opposite to his stature. After being anointed, he changed instantly. And when he changed instantly, he became a warrior. He became a, you know, you know, a conqueror. And people were afraid of him and God was with him. And the anointing was working. He was obeying, following the, the instruction of Samuel very strictly. Until one day, after he became powerful, he thought that, look, this Samuel is getting too late. And according to the laws of God, we have to do the evening this sacrifice before we go into battle. And he decided to serve the office of his father. That was the end of his life. God sent him a mission. The man who obeys before, he now went and he brought, God said, kill everything. And he brought some animals. Well, the man of God, we too are men of God, we are anointed as well, you know. And the man of God said, God said, take care of, God destroy everything. He brought some, some fatted calves. And when the man of God came and said that, why did you do this? The man who told him, about the donkey that he lost without being informed. Alright? In the beginning of his life. Does he think that that man does not know the truth about him? But he lied before him. He lied before him. Alright? And when he lied, he said, well, you see, we destroyed everything except <laughs> man of God. Except all these beautiful animals we brought for the sacrifice of your God. It is now your God. The Bible says that he died in the hands of a witch. Okay? So, I'm saying this because people need to know anointing. You don't come and put your head under anointing if you are not ready to sacrificially serve God. You don't. So, when I tell people, when I move you from row to row, make sure before you bring your head forward, you know what you want to do. You make up your mind you want to serve God. If you have not made up your mind you want to serve God tonight, the night is not for, for salvation, it's for believers. But anybody who is not saved now can make up his mind and just accept Jesus Christ before you come forward. So accept Jesus Christ is very easy, is to, to recognize in your heart that you are a sinner. Which we have passed through. And ask God for mercy. And come to the place where you understand that all this worldly things you are running after and all this behavior that you have been following and all is it doesn't help it ruins you it humiliates you it destroys you and you fed up of that you say lord i'm so sorry please please forgive haven't you done that i want the choir to come up to the pulpit can i speak to those who are watching us on television, let me say that this is the beginning of this lecture. Can I just say to you that this is the beginning of this lecture. Tomorrow, 
I will start ministering by maximum quarter to 7. Because this meeting starts at 7.30. By quarter to 7, I start ministering. Because I see that we have a very wide thing to cover. I want God to cut across the bones and marrows of hungry people. God's hungry people. I hunger for God. I hunger for God. After 90 days of praying, I think I will allow you to hear two testimonies tonight also. God has begun to do some, some things in Tabernacle. Whatever level you were before this convention is just primary. We want to go higher. And it demands a condition of heart that deep can call unto deep. Let's rise up together. I wanted to speak to God personally that Lord touch me tonight. Touch my eyes tonight. Give me sight to see. the God of angels. Give me sight to see Jehovah. Tell the Lord I want to see, I want to see, I want to see. One of the area men who saw angels. Whenever messages communicated from heaven, angels is between Tell the Lord, I want to see my ministry spirit. Lord, I want to see the host of heaven. Take me to heaven, Lord. Oh, Lord. Give me... Take me past the eye.